Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined this week uh, by Joe Chung, and we have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the coronavirus, all the new things that have happened in the past week, the huge impact on the economy, on the travel industry, and we'll talk about what we think will happen in the Miles and Points space as well. We'll talk about some rapid fires and a lot more. If you uh, enjoy the show, please consider subscribing. You can find links to subscribe at mtmpodcast.com. We support all the podcast platforms. You can also find links to products we talk about on the show, credit cards if you're applying. Uh, All those links uh, help support the show, and you can find everything at mtmpodcast.com. Joe, uh, let's get into the show here. It's been a crazy week, huh? Yeah, uh, that escalated quickly. I know last week I was talking about how I was likely to go to Vegas and likely to go on my Disney cruise. And now I have downgraded both of those to pretty much not going and very unlikely to go. So yeah, a lot has changed uh, over the course of, well, as you're listening to this, uh, it's been nine days, but you know, from when we last recorded, it's been seven days. So it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, it's been sort of an insane week and I'm still clinging on to my Hawaii trip, which is uh, this coming weekend. We leave uh, on on Saturday. It's been, yeah, it's been something that's been quite interesting. I spent the last weekend at Disneyland. Uh, Despite all of the news and everything else, there were still tons of people there. Nobody was wearing masks. I saw maybe a little bit more sanitizer than normal. But I was carrying around my sanitizer. And uh, after touching, like, rides and stuff, I would sanitize. And then I probably washed my hands, you know, 15 times stuff like that. So I was trying to be extra careful, but I didn't notice anybody else kind of taking it seriously. But I think uh, with the economic impact we saw yesterday with the stock market uh, crashing as much as it did yesterday, I think that probably woke people up a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a wake up call. You know, I'll just start by talking about kind of my reasoning for why I'm probably going to cancel my trips. Starting with Vegas, it's pretty straightforward. Both my friends have loved ones that they are actively taking care of that have like severely compromised immune systems and like are, you know, in pretty tough medical situations. So, you know, they are just kind of like low odds, but if you were to bring something back to them, um, I don't think they could live with themselves. So those two are canceling and I still have my flights, but probably going to cancel that as well. One kind of wrinkle is I used an IHG free cert on the Palazzo. It's going to expire like a week or two after that. What do you think the odds are that I'll be able to Number one, get that extended. And number two, keep it as a uncapped cert because the only reason I could book the Palazzo, I think, is because it was uncapped. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one because I don't know that IHG has announced anything, but even on top of that, the system has just changed. So I don't know about getting that extended. I think that hopefully it'll come back to you. So it's not expired yet, right? So you could potentially rebook something before... It expires, correct? Yeah, but the crazy thing is it expires like two weeks after, and they they definitely changed it so that you could not book past the expiration date. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it used to be. Yeah, it used to be able to book by the expiration date, but it could be for any time after, yeah. Yeah, and I totally totally feel you. I'm like, even if they wanted to give me an uncapped cert back, the system has changed, so I don't even know if they have the capability to do that. And so in my mind, like my ideal and what I'm going to shoot for is be like, yo, just give me 70,000 points because that's what the cert was worth. But we'll see. I think it'll be interesting. And you know, if I lose it, I lose it. It is kind of a little bit of a bummer. And the other bummer is I was going to fly in JetBlue Mint, not on a red eye so that I could actually be awake and enjoying it. And so pretty bummed that I'm going to miss out on that. But in the end, you know, I'm glad, uh, you know, I would never want to put my friend's 
uh, in a situation where very close family members might be in danger. So that's what we decided. And I won't get to see you, Sean. Bummer. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what's going on with, with my plans either. It's crazy. I had so many travel plans this year, and they're all up in the air. What you were speaking of Vegas and casinos, and you, I interesting enough, as the stock market had such a poor day yesterday, and one of the the sectors that was significantly affected was uh, gaming, as you would expect. So I was looking at gaming stocks, and I looked through uh, Wynn's last uh, earnings report, and they're called, and they said that uh, Boston Harbor Wynn is seventy eight percent occupancy. They have more people Seriously? in those rooms than you thought. Yeah, in the last that year, sounds like. Uh... That sounds fishy to me, but you know, I mean, maybe it is. I mean, I assume they have like conventions and stuff there, so maybe that's how. Yeah, and the wind. What what was sort of crazy too was the wind Macau. I think was like ninety eight percent occupancy, and the wind Palace also in Macau was like ninety nine percent occupancy. With the strip, I think was around ninety percent. The the their Las Vegas strip properties, but so their Macau properties are are crazy. And I know this is all nerdy talk and stuff, but. Uh, it's uh, an interesting time for the gaming industry. But I was surprised, 78% occupancy at the Wynn Boston Harbor. Yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what those numbers look like in a couple weeks because, you know, United just came out today and said, like, their domestic bookings are down 70% and their Asia bookings are down 100% net, which I'm not exactly sure what that means. But as we all know, I'm not a math guy. Um, <laughs> the graphing calculator. It'll graphic, tell you how it, how graphic calculator, yes. oh, of yeah. course. Um, but I got a question for you um, before I talk about kind of my decision making, or at least where I'm at with the Disney Cruise right now in April. I know you were pretty seriously tempted by that $44 cruise that you saw. You know, what kind of went into your thinking for that in terms of how you decided to not book it? And then also, I'm curious if that same deal was available to you like right now today would you have been as tempted to book it as you were last week well it was a situation of me having the time being in the right time and place for it too my disneyland annual pass was expiring on sunday on march 8th and i uh decided to go down to california by myself to kind of ride out the pass and have a couple of days down there take some pictures of stuff that i needed for the site and just to sort of experience that and also to do the food and wine festival and California Adventure and some of the stuff they had there. So I, I did that. And so the cruises were leaving right after that from Southern California, where I already was. And I didn't have to leave for Hawaii until after I would already get back. So timing wise, it sort of worked. I was already there. Uh, what made me ultimately decide not to do it, because I just felt like the risk of quarantine was too much. Not necessarily that I get sick, but uh, this was the night before that all of that was happening. You know, the that cruise ship got quarantine off the coast of uh, Northern California, and there were other ships getting denied entry. And so I just realized that the risk of like all ships getting sort of stuck for a while or getting quarantined just was too much. And also the ships that those $40, $50 cruises, and you can see on the website, if you don't know what we're talking about, milestonemembers.com, I, I wrote about uh, some of these deals and in the Facebook group as well. But there was, you know, prices as low as $44 per person on cruises at last minute. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't worth it. And those ships aren't the nicest anyway. I've cruised plenty of times, so it wasn't like it was going to be anything. It would have been cool to kind of be out on the ocean for a few days for that cheap, but the, there was too many risks. I think even now that time progressed a couple more days, I kind of am happy with my decision. I mean, so far the cruise hasn't been, that particular cruise hasn't been stopped, but I still feel like the risk of quarantine is too high to get on a cruise ship. Yeah. And for listeners out there, okay, I'll be honest, Sean, like you see a 
headline like that and you're like, okay, is this dude just like writing this article because it's going to generate like a lot of attention? But Sean was seriously debating this cruise. Like he was really torn. So uh, I just want to make sure people know that, you know, you definitely put out there exactly what you were thinking. And I kind of appreciated that, even though I thought you were crazy for even thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, and, and a little bit more background on it. In 2009, during the swine flu scare, I did a very similar cruise on that same route down from Long Beach down to Mexico for like 99 bucks. So I did that back then. That was certainly a different scenario because it wasn't a worldwide sort of uh, outbreak and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it was my thought process. I was interested. I do think differently than other people. Ultimately, I came to my senses, some would say. Others would say I missed out on a great opportunity and a great story. But either way, I'm on land and... That ship is out at sea with, uh, I assume, thousands of people on it. You missed a golden, that ship has sailed opportunity for a corny dad joke. Oh, there you go. Very disappointed, very disappointed. Oh, my God. In terms of uh, my Disney cruise, you know, what I've been thinking about is what has changed is Disney has now offered any sailings that are between now and May 31st. You can cancel and rebook to any cruise within the next 12 months and get your full kind of credit back. So there's no kind of cancellation penalty. And so, you know, there's a couple of like tricky things. My sister was going to come, but she's pregnant. So, you know, she's not going to be able to sail in 12 months. So I'm asking her to ask for like a straight up refund. But, you know, because there's that flexibility now, we're leaning much more towards canceling it. And then, of course, the State Department came out and recommended Americans not cruise, especially older ones. And my parents were going to come. And so that's definitely factoring in, too. It's kind of weird. I don't love following the rules all the time, as people know from the whole AA situation. But at the same time, for some reason, when the State Department came out with that, I was like, oh, I feel a little bad uh, going and like going against what they say. I, I don't know. I don't know how my brain works. It's it's broken. What can I say? So with all that, with the risk of quarantine, that's why we're kind of leaning towards not doing it. One sort of uh, hack that's coming out of it, and also some personal news, I booked through Chase Travel back right before you could no longer use ultimate rewards to book disney stuff so i used a bunch of ultimate rewards for this what i learned is that the credit goes back to the individual not to the travel agency and i just became a travel agent so i'm going to rebook with myself and get a commission off of that um, when i do that so just a little hack that i'm pretty excited about and if you are interested in booking disney vacations i am a travel agent now so i can help you out with that at no cost to you but yeah that's what my thinking is for the cruise i just it's kind of, at this point, feels too risky, and it's sort of like the last place that uh, I want to be. Yeah, what I was thinking about with the quarantine, too, like you said, it, it like we said, it sucked, but what happens if some point, like, hysteria takes over, and how many cruise ships are there around the world with how many people on them? And I can just imagine there not being enough facilities, and I don't know, I could just, it could be pretty ugly. And I think it's going to be ugly for the cruise industry. What I've noticed, though, is that Disney's not discounting any of their cruises. Like the other uh, lines of all discounted cruises upcoming and Disney's prices are still pretty high. Although I've heard that they're offering like cast member discounts and stuff like that that are non-public. But I think any uh, any business that's in, in the cruise industry is going to suffer. And then Disney's going to be hit on multiple different uh, different levels with all of their, their businesses. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's just say with my new business venture, I am able to see some of those non-disclosed rates, and they are pretty nuts. So I do think that uh, Disney Cruise Line is a little bit worried. 
just to kind of go off of what you said in terms of systems being overwhelmed, I'd like a, I, I just want to go out and publicly say, and I said this in my newsletter as well, like to me, my concern now is I'm not like concerned about getting the coronavirus myself or even passing it on to my elderly uh, family members. I've, I mean, I'm definitely more concerned about that than I am getting it myself, but I'm concerned that our hospitals and our healthcare system isn't ready for like a huge influx. Like think about the cruise ship that is, you know, dropping off people as we speak in Oakland, like those hospitals are going to be overloaded right now. And so, you know, I think if the infection spreads too quickly, hospitals be overloaded too much. And that's um, just going to be kind of a really ugly situation. So I've started modifying my behavior, just asking myself, okay, is what I'm going to be doing going to increase or decrease my chances of passing along the infection because you know you can't control whether you get the infection or not but you know if you are possibly sick and you stay home then you're not going to pass things on yeah and let's talk a little bit about the stock market i mean mean, we're not financial experts here so we're not going to get into any of that but i mean it does have a huge impact on the on the travel industry and unsurprisingly airline stocks like i said cruise uh cruise stocks are down you know of course pretty much all stocks are down but um, it's going to have a huge impact whether this ends up being as bad as people think it is, it could be potentially or not. This is going to have a huge impact on these tr- companies that we know and love, these rewards programs, everything for a long time to come, right? Yeah, I'm concerned for people I know who are pilots, like they're, they already have had their hours cut. I don't know if it's paid or non-paid, but you know, you just know that there are less planes flying. Like most of the carriers took like 25% of their planes out of the air or something like that. So, um, you know, that's going on. Southwest was already kind of struggling because of the 737 MAX. Like we already said, Disney is definitely hurting. They have all their parks in Asia closed. So, you know, I think a lot of these big industries are going to be hit and it's also going to like affect the little guys too. They just canceled South by Southwest as people know. And, you know, all those small stores in Austin, all those small business, they'll get a, like a surge in business from like all the people in town for that conference or whatever. There's tons of conferences being canceled. So I, I do feel like the big guys are definitely feeling it. And that's obvious, but I think little guys are feeling it as well. You know, I know I've been trying to go to the mom and pop stores in Chinatown more just because I can physically see there's just less people in Chinatown, less people um, going into those stores. And I don't think that's a Chinatown thing anymore. Like, I don't think it's people avoiding it because it's Chinese people or whatever. I just think there's less people out um, because of everything that's going on. I don't know. What are you seeing in Vegas? I haven't been looking at hotel rates too much, although they're they're pretty low. A lot of the conferences have canceled, some of the smaller ones and stuff, but I haven't been following it too closely because I've been traveling. I did look and see if any of my accounts are offering comps, and they're still not doing that. But midweek rates here are still really low. Some of the like three-star hotels you can find for $15, $20 a night before resort fees. Some of the higher-end hotels around $100 a night. So it's still pretty cheap, although uh, I don't know that it's had as huge an impact yet, but it will in the long term. And all these companies are going to get hit to a certain extent, even if we do recover just because their, their stocks are down, their value valuations are down. And we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, sort of what that, what that could mean for, for people like us who like miles and points and like deals before we kind of move on a little bit more with everything that's happening in this next week, knowing that everything, you know, could change so quickly, you know, what are your final takes, I guess, with what we've sort of had to digest in the last few days and where you think uh, this is all headed? 
I mean, I do think that there's a difference between your fear for yourself as an individual and your fear for like your overall community. Um, and so, you know, I do think people are overreacting as individuals, like very few people should be freaking out that they're getting this illness and acting hysterically because of that. At the same time, I think we need to, or at least I am personally, like I said, trying to be more logical and logically thinking about how I can uh, prevent spreading this. So I'll give an example. Like at school, we have parent-teacher conferences next week, and we're seriously talking about like maybe we shouldn't have the parents come in, or if they come in, we definitely should like be very clear that we're not going to be shaking anyone's hands, um, et cetera, et cetera. At the very least, we should be doing the small things like not shaking people's hands just to minimize the risk. Because if you look at what's going on in Italy, their hospital their hospitals are like slammed. And I just don't want to see that happen here in this country. And so I think the more we can slow the spread down, the better that'll be. And that doesn't necessarily mean not to travel. For me, that probably means not to travel because I was thinking about it. I don't know about you, Sean, but do you like go out? Uh, a lot um, like you did in your 20s because I don't do that anymore. I'm like at home all day. Yeah, I'm not out uh, all too often. Uh, Yeah, so I was was thinking of like if I was in my 20s, I would like be like, oh, this sucks. Like I don't want to not go out. Like I want to hit the – well, actually, I never hit the club, but you know what I mean. Like (laughs) go out and like be exposed to like different people. But like I'm at home all day. So, you know, if I get quarantined, it's not like a huge deal. But, you know, I want to do whatever is going to, I guess, lower those chances. And I was thinking about for you, Sean – thinking about Hawaii, like you going to Hawaii isn't necessarily going to increase your chances of, I guess, spreading anything. Because what if in Hawaii, you just kind of keep to yourself mostly don't like see a ton of people, maybe you meet more people or run into more people in Vegas on a daily basis than uh, you would when you're on vacation. So I think everyone kind of has to figure out what works best for them. But if I could implore everyone to do one thing, it's at please just think about minimizing how fast this thing spreads or really any sickness spreads. But I don't know. What are your like kind of final thoughts? I think my, my one takeaway from that is that maybe we should stay in Hawaii longer uh, to keep everybody safer. That's I mean, said, right? it's not, it's not crazy. Food for thought, food for thought. Yeah. I think that we, there's a huge range of possibilities about how this all could go. And I've read about it a lot. And considering that I'm not an expert on, on these matters, I won't speak like one, but uh, I'm certainly well-informed in my own uh, view. And we, we know that this could go really terribly. We know that it could be potentially something that's not as bad as people think. Like we talked about swine flu, which, you know, back then was this huge thing that, that could potentially be, uh, could wipe out huge populations and it turned out to not be as bad. So we're still waiting on a lot of data, but we do know that the potential is bad. And so I'm going to be safe. And so like, th- that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be diligent about my travel plans, keep an eye on what's going on. Like Hawaii, I'm looking at what's going on there. It seems to be fairly safe. When we're on planes, we'll make sure that uh, that we sanitize everything. We already did that before with my daughter because she likes to touch everything. So we had, you know, antibacterial wipes or whatever, or sanitizing wipes to, to clean everything. We washed our hands before. We tried to be clean before. We just try to be twice as clean now and just make sure that we're not doing that. So I think personally, I'm hoping for the best. I realize that there is a scenario where this doesn't turn out to be nearly as bad as people think, but there's also a scenario where it's many, many times worse. And there's a reality that's probably somewhere in between. And so that's sort of what I'm thinking. And then I think we can just sort of move into the next aspect of this conversation, um, with, since Mark is uh, having technical difficulties today, and talk about what we think is going to be the impact on the miles and points space, sort of the part that could benefit all of us because of this uh, coronavirus scare and what it's 
done to the economy and how that's going to affect these travel companies. You know, Joe, you, you and I have been around for a while and we sort of remember how things used to be before the economy was great, right? Uh, the companies were a lot more generous back then, right? Yeah, I actually think it might go both ways. I think for like, uh, sorry to, you know, I don't want to attack AA too much because I know people don't like that. But if you think about American Airlines, they already were sort of bleeding money. And that's why wiping these millions of badly earned miles off their books is like good for them. I do think that some airlines are in enough financial stress that they are not going to incentivize people to come back, at least not long term, maybe like short term, they will do um, good fare deals or, you know, even right now, A is doing their web specials to get people on their planes. Um, That's kind of like a attempt to not hemorrhage as much money as they're hemorrhaging. But I do think that the airlines that aren't doing as well, maybe they won't give us super big incentives. On the other hand, I think the airlines that are doing okay, maybe those are the ones that are going to, you know, give us extra value for our miles to get people back in planes and stuff like that. So I, obviously, I hope that airlines are going to try to incentivize us um, by giving us good mileage deals. Or I mean, I guess they can't revalue their points. No one's going to do that, but maybe delay devaluations further. But I am not convinced that in the long run, it might not give airlines an excuse to further devalue because in the end they only care about what their stockholders care about and that's making money and they're not making it right now yeah i think what comes out of this though or what potentially could come out of it first off you're going to have great prices so if you have flexible currencies you're in a good good spot like we've seen you know 99 dollars one-way fares to hawaii or 200 round trip and you're going to see all these great airfares as this progresses but you'll also see loyalty promotions and they may not be right away but over time, especially if the economy is bad, uh, in order to sort of fill hotel rooms, fill seats, a lot of times you'll see promotions. Like we saw Alaska offering, you know, bonus miles on, on bookings, extra miles over normal. So we could see some of that. But when you're in the miles and points space and you like this stuff, what we hope for is promotions that, um, have, you know, really cool parts that we can put together and, and, you know, use to maximize our value. So we'll see if that comes. To fruition, but I think that it will. In the short term, I think the best kind of thing to look at is the cash prices. So you're going to see cheap airfare. Um, if you do have the ability to change your airfare, even if you're going to go on a trip, consider you know cashing in the cash value of the ticket that you have and then rebooking it at a cheaper price, and then you know having that extra credit left over. Um, if you're if you're going somewhere where there's hotels, consider you know look at the hotels. Rely more heavily on places like Priceline. We talked about Disney, you know, dumping their cruise inventory on cast members and stuff because they don't want to raise the public prices. Hotels do that too, and they'll dump their their inventory on Priceline. So a lot of times you can see, I've seen some people share on Twitter and elsewhere some really, really cheap hotel prices right now, even though the public prices might be higher. And so that's something to consider. And then, I, yeah, I really think that towards the end of this year, we're going to start to see some of these cool loyalty promotions that hopefully we can take advantage of and score more points. But the other way we benefit, too, is more availability. You're going to have more award availability if you already have the miles. Hotels are going to be easier to book. That kind of goes across the board. And that's, you know, great suite upgrades if you're an elite. And then there's other thing that we can talk about. And this is something that I broke just before we started recording is that, you know, you're going to, you might see hotel programs start to extend elite status for members who they feel like aren't going to be able to requalify because of this. And I just got my globalist status, my world of Hyatt globalist status extended through 2022. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. 
So, you know, if you guys haven't read Sean's article yet, it released two days ago as you're listening to this. But basically, you just asked your concierge nicely. You heard that people in Asia were getting their globals extended and you'd spent quite a bit of time in Asia last year. And they're like, hey, and you were like, hey, are you extending it to others? And it sounds like they're extending it to more than just you, even though it's kind of not clear who they are extending it to yet. Yeah, I, they didn't tell me who my concierge knows I, I have the blog. So it's very she's very cryptic usually in telling me anything because she doesn't. <laughs> want uh, to be quoted, I guess. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so as far as I know, it only applies to me. I've heard anecdotally that there might be a couple others, but I, I assume that it's going to be going out to more people, but it's not widespread across the board. But as we see more companies doing this, and just like we saw with like change fee waivers and stuff like that, as more companies do this, and as it becomes more widespread of practice, I suspect that we might see it roll out not only to more hotel companies and airlines and stuff like that, but also like across the board instead of like in this case, it seems like Hyatt's still picking members uh, that they're giving it to, not not everybody. That's something to, to be looking to look forward to. And that's, you know, let's say you have a credit card that gives you elite status and then that status gets extended another year. You may not need to keep the credit card in order to have it. That might change your value proposition. So this really does open up a, a ton of opportunities it won't be for every program and every situation, but definitely a good time to be keeping your eyes open, looking at the latest developments. Yeah. And in terms of the change waivers, here's my bold or maybe not so bold prediction. We see that things in China are like starting to calm down and it's been, what, about three months. So if things peak and then valley in about, not valley, but go on the way down, in about three months in the U.S., I do not think that these waivers are only going to be through April 30th. I think they'll at least go to May and maybe even further than that. I don't know. How long do you think airlines will keep having change waivers? Because I think we're just at the beginning of people starting to travel less because of this. And so I think airlines are going to push it a couple of times, maybe once or two more times after uh, this. Yeah, I think that they're going to they're playing it by ear. I mean, they don't want to give away more than they have to especially considering the financial pressures they're going to be they're going to be seeing so they're going to probably extend things as they go. I know I've seen people post on Facebook and elsewhere where they get mad at the companies like oh I'm supposed to fly in begin I saw this post in a Facebook group earlier today I'm supposed to fly in the beginning of May. The airline only has the the waiver through the end of April so they told me I there's nothing they can do and I'm going to pay all this money to cancel. It's like don't cancel that, you know, wait until it gets closer and then see if they change their policies. Even if you don't plan on going on a trip, it doesn't benefit you in any way to cancel it in, you know, now unless the cancellation fee changes, but generally it doesn't. So wait till it gets closer to see because I they don't want to say they're going to extend it through June and then it turns out that this is the best possible scenario and everything is great in a few weeks, you know. So they're going to play it by ear because they don't want to give away more than they have to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm obviously hoping it is the best case scenario possible and they won't extend it. I'm just saying if I was a betting man, which I am, I would put money on them extending it at least once. Yeah, I agree. And it's the same thing, you know, with the with the max thing, right? Every couple months the airlines put the you know, they say the max is gonna come back in this month and then that comes and then they extend it again and they extend it again. So I expect that that'll happen and I expect that we will see some generosity from these companies and I have heard that even with these sort of waivers and penalties, people who kind of fall outside of the rules, there has been some compassion from some companies um, that have, you know, they've been able to help people uh, avoid issues. So hopefully there's not too many people stuck with eating a lot of money for travel. That also means that these travel companies, these airlines, these hotels are eating money because they have empty rooms, empty planes, and 
ultimately we see them canceling flights, so that'll mean planes on the ground. And so it's going to be a whole process to to get going. Keep your eyes on if you really want to get into this stuff. Look at places like Slick Deals and Set Deal Alerts for like words like airfare or stuff like that. Obviously, pay attention to Miles to Memories. We'll pay close attention to the deals, this podcast, follow other boarding area blogs, things like that. But pay close attention, read promotions that come up when somebody in the in the space gets really excited about something pay attention because it could be i really do feel like we'll have some great opportunities coming up for both paying cash because when the economy is not doing well hotel rates are going to go down and uh, ultimately if you have points and miles you should be able to have greater award availability and then i think we will see over time we'll see more opportunity to earn better through promotions where they give you bonus miles and all kinds of spending promos and everything else. And then who knows, you know, maybe the sky's the limit. Maybe we'll go back to uh, the heyday of miles and points back before technology took us down. Right, Joe? Yeah, it's just, I hope you're right. I mean, you're just so much more optimistic than me <laughs> in general. So it's no surprises here, but I, I just, I don't know why. I just feel like companies are going to pull back some stuff, but that might take a while. Like maybe we won't see that for like three or four years until things are good again. I, d- I guess it depends on how bad things get. And it's weird, right? Cause you don't want to root for things to get so bad that, you know, they're like begging us to come back. But at the same time, if that does happen, then you're not going to be upset about them begging us to come back with whatever deals they have for us. So it's all, yeah. it's a weird time. It's a weird time. But if you do love travel and you love deals, this I'm predicting, I think that will be a good year or maybe even two years, just depending on how bad this all gets. But in the very short term, whichever airlines survive. Yeah, I guess. And, and yeah, there's all kinds of bigger issues on bailouts and what could possibly happen and how bad this could possibly be. The cruise industry, remember, is largely based in the United States, despite all their ships being owned in other countries. Anyway, so yeah, there, so there's a large potential impact to, to American companies and, uh, we will see how that all plays out through their finances, through all of that. But I do think that we will see cheaper deals and, while ultimately I agree with you, over time, rewards programs are becoming less and less rewarding as I think technology be- becomes more refined. We may see some you know, backtracking. And companies do all kinds of crazy things. Remember, it's human inefficiency that creates these the very best promos, right? There's that you know, deal that the people didn't, that person didn't think the terms through completely. Or you know, there's the promotion that the company thought 100 people would take advantage of and thousands did. All kinds of crazy stuff like, you know, IHG is saying that you could fill out postcards to get bonus points. And who would have thought that people would fill out hundreds of postcards? So there's all kinds of opportunities that could happen. And I feel like as companies need, have feel the pressure to rebound from this, uh, you'll see those. So pay attention, look closely. And then if you know somebody who really knows this stuff and uh, is kind of nerdy about it, when they get excited about something, then you should get excited. That's how I kind of gauge, gauge it for myself. So basically I find out if Joe's excited about something, then I'm excited. Oh, hey, I got one more question for you before we uh, hit rapid fire. I know a lot of people are probably starting to work from home more than they're used to, either by choice or by their company's mandate. As someone who always has worked from home, Sean, you got any like work from home tips, how to like kind of keep things going, not get bored, whatever? Well, I haven't always worked from home, but I have worked from home for quite a while now. And thankfully, I have my own separate space, which is nice. I know that's not something that a lot of people have, and especially if you're not set up to work from home, if you normally work from an office, why would you have that? But I think it's just keeping on schedule. It's kind of hard to to separate things out. So I, I think to be productive, keep on schedule. And I don't know, Joe, I mean, it's really hard when you have kids around 
to to keep things going. That's always been the hardest thing for for us. Is for yeah, me. Yeah, that's is, my biggest question. So, is Ellie at home normally? Uh, well, we had uh, we had a family friend who kind of babysat her the first few years, who watched her and did watch her in the house, but uh, she kept an eye on her, and so that was easy enough. And then she's been in pre-K for the last year, although we had taken her out at the end of February in order because we were supposed to be traveling basically the next few months pretty much constantly. So we had taken her out. So now she's been at home. I think she'll be at home depending on what's going on because I don't see the point in putting her in school back in school right now. Hopefully we'll actually get a travel. But yeah, there is that distraction. Yeah, it's hard to avoid. I guess the only way I've been able to avoid it is when, you know, when you have a babysitter, somebody watching, you don't have to go take care of your children every second so you can work. And I don't get as distracted by noise and stuff like that. But I guess I, I don't know. I don't have any really crazy advice other than you'll get through it. You'll survive. And then hopefully this will pass. You can go back to your office and, and be happy. Uh, I think uh, everyone with older kids are is definitely dreading the possibility of being stuck at home with them for an extended period of time. Yeah, that's Even true. Even myself. Yeah, with, uh, with, if school gets canceled and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the walls could definitely start closing. You talk about being on a cruise ship, get quarantined at home with your closest family. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, there's no recirculated air in my home at least, right, Sean? Yeah, exactly. So you have a better chance of, uh, of avoiding uh, the virus, I suppose. So yeah, let's... Uh, Let's move into, and of course we'll cover this. We're gonna. This episode has certainly been coronavirus heavy, so hopefully next episode we'll try to uh, talk about some other stuff and, and steer clear of this. But yeah, we blame have, Mark. Yeah, Mark's Mark, microphone. Mark didn't uh, didn't show up for this. He had too much fun today. No, I'm just kidding. His microphone broke right before the show, as you'll hear in the outtakes. Listen at the end. Um, but yeah, we have two rapid fires here. Joe, you want to start by talking about Vegas and what they're doing for the coronavirus? The buffets yeah. are closed. All right. Wow. Wow. Thanks. Thanks for stealing my thunder. Yeah. The buffets. You gotta, are you gotta give the details of it. You gotta. I just teased it. So MGM Resorts has decided to close all their buffets in Las Vegas. So that's obviously MGM Grand, Mandalay Bay, Bellagio, some other resorts as well. So they've closed down the buffets. Uh, so people aren't getting past those spit shields and contaminating the food. And so that's kind of. At the very least, one step that Las Vegas is taking to slow down the spread of any illnesses. And I don't know, as we are recording this, it's just MGM, but I bet you by the time we release this, it might be other hotel chains as well, or uh, casino chains. Yeah, I suspect that that will, that will happen. And I also just think that bookings are down. So a lot of times in the very slow season, like the very beginning of December, they will close restaurants and things like that. And they'll, it'll be a planned closure, so they'll do refurbishments. So I suspect, though, although they're doing this for health and safety, demand is probably down as well. So it probably helps them control costs. And I, like you said, it'll probably be announced by more by more places coming up soon. It sort of makes sense in the overall scheme of things. And uh, I guess move on to my rapid fire, Joe. I got a hot stock tip for you. I'm all ears, but I'm not going to do it at Robinhood probably. Yeah, Robinhood was uh, that was yes was it yesterday morning right when everything was like crashing? They were down. Like no, it's day. been broken twice. Oh, still, oh, it's still broke. Is it still broken, or do they fix it? I don't, I don't know if it's broken. Like right now, as we're recording, because I don't have Robinhood, but I know people are complaining on Twitter again today, and I saw some rumor that like Robinhood is like over leveraged or something, so it could go uh, bad before uh -oh. it uh, gets any better. I have some money in Robinhood, but I should get it out. You better get it out. Yeah, I wasn't so what's trying this to use it yesterday, 
But no, this isn't tip. about Robinhood, and it's not really a stock tip. But I just sort of an interesting thing I've always known: if you're a stock owner in uh, one of the cruise major cruise line companies, and you have a hundred shares or more of their stock. Whenever you cruise with them, you get an onboard credit. I think on shorter sailings, it's usually $50. On week-long, like 7 to 14 days, it's $100. And on 14 or more, it's like $200 or more, depending on the cruise line. And Norwegian, uh, Royal Caribbean, and Carnival, plus all their other lines that they own, have this. And the good news is, if you are somebody who cruises a lot, all of those stocks are at about 30% of where they were they're high in the last year. In fact, Royal Caribbean and Norwegian yesterday, both, they had dropped about 70% within the last month and a half. And Carnival's down a lot too. So I don't know. It's just interesting. I'm not telling anybody to buy anything because this is not an analysis of those stocks. But it's pretty cool if you are looking at the cruise industry just to know that you can get onboard credit every time you sell if you own 100 or more shares. So are you buying, I did Jim? not. So that, you know, I think I saw you talking about that. And I think I first thought that, you meant that they were only offering it during this, um, you know, tumultuous time. But anyone who has a hundred shares gets this yep. onboard credit all the time. Yep, that every is, time uh, you sell. So you just got to prove a- that you have the hundred, the hundred shares. And so basically, two months ago, you went to buy the hundred shares in one of these cruise line companies that'll cost you about three times what it will today. And so I don't know. I mean, not that's something I'm doing, but I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up. Uh, we can put links in the show notes uh, for <laughs> some more information on those programs. Just as of this instant, that would cost you about five thousand dollars for Royal Caribbean to uh, get that onboard credit. Yeah. So, well, but, hey, but, but than, you would uh, own the stock. But uh, for Carnival, it would only be about two thousand dollars. And uh, again, it would just get you this. You would still own the stock. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Nobody talks about those. Those are kind of kind of old school benefits from the cruise that's line really industry. Really random and cool. Yeah. And I just noticed, hey, the stocks have gone down, so who knows. All right, and that'll do it for this uh, coronavirus-themed uh, episode of the podcast. Uh, but I, like I said, promise next week we'll talk about some other stuff. Mark will be back. We'll see what's going on with his mic, and we'll get that fixed. Joe, uh, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine show? You can check my newsletter out at tinyletter.com slash as the Joe flies. You can check out my Miles and Points podcast at com. That interview with travel with grant that we teased last week is out for patreon subscribers of that today we still love Grant. (laughs) yes oh and uh, grant says hello by the way i meant i was supposed to put it in the observation deck but um i forgot to so i'm putting it in here so hello grant to mark and sean and from us to you and finally you can uh, check out my disney podcast at disneydecipher.com what about you sean miles to memories.com is where it's all at check out our facebook groups well over eleven thousand people in our miles and points group and uh, you can email us sean at miles to memories.com mark at miles to memories.com and uh yeah we're here uh rocking it out and covering all the latest news and the best deals and trying to make sense of this craziness that is the world today so yeah that's it until next you, mark time. bye mark You know, a huge impact, I guess, potential impact anyway. I can hear all that. You're not muted. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to leave this in. Okay, go again. All right. I don't remember what I said. Uh, Can you hear me? Oh, my God, you're terrible. Yeah, you sound terrible, man. <laughs> oh, it's... Uh, you're... you're uh, I'm not even, like, 
your laugh um, clips, which is bad. <laughs> Mark is joining right. us from 1965. Maybe I just take this one off then, if it's that bad. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I guess okay. I guess Iron Man's streak is over. I guess I gotta go order a new microphone. Mark, you gotta say what your name is. Oh, Gobble Gobble? Yeah, that sounds perfect on that new mic, Gobble Gobble. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, just to I had such a good I had oh such my... a good wild turkey story too. I'm sure you have to did. wait a week. And our ears would all be week. bleeding if you told it. <laughs> Dude, that, my ears are okay. So people who are listening to this in the outtakes, like I've definitely taken the volume down, but Mark is like at eleven in our ears right now, live, and is killing us. Yeah. <laughs> so bye, Mark. Uh, we'll see you next time. Right. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Miss you, buddy. Hello. Bye. The drive to go further and reach higher. The same thing that inspires you inspires us. At Strayer University, we're always searching for new ways to make education more affordable. That's why we offer access to up to 10 no-cost gen ed courses to help you save time and money so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. No-cost gen ed's provided by Strayer University affiliates of Field Learning. Eligibility rules apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.